I'm Alex Mellaris. And I'm Tai Fu. And this week, we had the honor and privilege of watching the Anaheim Ducks, who we touted at the start of the year as the most boring team in the NHL. And you know what? We were absolutely right at the time, especially based on what was happening last season. This season, though, it's not quite the case, as we have become familiar with over the course of the week. They played four games, they won three of them, and they lost another one in the shootout, getting seven points out of a possible eight. And the story of the season for the Ducks has, for the most part, been Trevor Zegris, or at least that's been, you know, the big flashy name, uh, probably going to be a finalist for the Calder Trophy. And we saw a lot of that skill on display this week, especially in that game against Montreal when he uh, scored his, what, third Michigan goal, or has it even been more than that? Uh, I, I don't know how many scored in the I don't think he scored one in the NHL, has he? Uh, not not, not in the NHL, just but in you general. Mean just in general. Yeah, probably more than that. Um, but yeah, first one in the NHL, and it was uh, it was a doozy. Do we do we jump already right into that goal? Um, right off the bat, or uh, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Sure thing. So yeah, uh, it was an interesting week, you know. For, so yeah, as you were saying, we may have touted them as the most boring team uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, they're certainly not that. At least that's why. At least that's what we've seen this week. Um, I, you know, there's there's much to be debated about uh, whether the team is actually good. Um, but they're exciting. They're not boring. I'll give them that, and uh, kind of all, all four games this week kind of kind of showed why. Uh, and yeah, it's really it's really that Zegers, you know, it's that first line. This team isn't the deepest team in the world uh, at all, but you know, you got you got Zegers. He's got mad chemistry with Troy Terry. Ryan Guestlaff is like surprisingly good for his age. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's what we got. So uh, we started off Monday night uh, against the Bruins, and uh, yeah, they they managed to pull off the win, five three. And I thought, you know. The big difference, um, well, first of all, I thought it was interesting. Two teams that are mostly running in their top six and not much forward depth. Um, but I thought the difference in this one was the goaltending. Rask looked like hella shaky, um, but I thought Gibson performed pretty well. Hello, well. Yeah, I was going to say, this felt uh, more kind of like the Bruins beating themselves than the Ducks beating the Bruins. Um, major incidence of that was Anaheim's second goal going up 2 nothing, which I think is what you're mainly thinking of when you're talking about Rask looking shaky. Because first of all, uh, Nick Foligno for the Bruins carrying the puck in the, in the neutral zone kind of just falls over in extremely embarrassing fashion and the puck goes directly to the Ducks. Uh, Isaac Lundestrom takes it and, and kind of one hand swings it through to grass five hole, a major softy. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you brought up Getzlaff though, because I was actually going to mention him specifically in this game because he was great in this game. He had uh, a goal and an assist. The assist was uh, a slap shot on the power play that I think was deflected in by Derek Grant. And you know what? He reminded me in this game in some ways of like late career Yarmir Yager, uh, in that what well, we see like players that that age well, like like Yager did, and like Getzlaff is doing now. He's already I think at least thirty six years old, maybe older. Uh, are players who a were always dependent on their smarts, and also to a degree their size and strength, and never were that fast to begin with because those attributes stay with you for for as long as you play and the way Getzlaff kind of like skated and moved around the ice especially on his goal kind of felt like like someone I don't know like out of the 60s or 70s um like I feel like if you took I don't know a superstar from that era and plopped them into today's game obviously there would be you know they would be absolutely demolished for a number of reasons 
But say let's say this is like I don't know some kind of video game world where their playing style is picked up and dropped into today. I feel like that's what Ryan Getzlaff kind of embodies. Yeah. Well, how old is he at this point? Uh, let me let me just do a quick. Uh, is he forty years old? Is he forty yet? No, he's no, forty six. Okay, not he's younger yet. than I thought. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he he is really like his game has aged well. Right. As you said. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's never been a speed guy. He's been like, you know, he, he's the his whole career has been based on, you know, his his ability to just kind of play make uh, and not really, you know, based off his speed. And so, you know, he, he, he keeps those smarts and, uh, you know, he's, he's a solid first line center uh, for the Ducks. Um, what's his what's his contract situation? Because I know, like, see, that's the thing. The, the, the Ducks are in the year. All right. So, yeah, the Ducks are in an interesting situation because obviously, um, you know, like you look at the standings. Their uh, points percentage wise, I think they're like fifth in the Pacific right now. So really on the on the on the border. Obviously, you don't want to, you know, like you, your team is still rebuilding. You're not a contender. Um, I don't think you want to you want to trade such a franchise legend like Ryan Getzlaff. Um, but I mean, it's something to consider. I would think, you know, because I wouldn't, you know, this this team is a is a team that I wouldn't buy on exactly. Um, so if that's the case, if you can't really, if you can't yeah, see yourself I- resigning Getzlaff. You know, it's something to consider. Uh, yeah, they're definitely. I was the, the, the they're the most interesting teams to me heading into the deadline because Getzlaff isn't the only major expiring piece they have. Raquel, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, all pending UFAs. So I wanted to get to to that major question. Uh, once we get through the the rest of the games of the week, following on to their loss to the Maple Leafs, uh, Sam Steele scored first for the Ducks, one nothing, largely uncontested for several seconds in front of Jack Campbell. Then the Leafs scored uh, three power play goals, um, which was, uh, you know, concerning for the Ducks to give up uh, so many goals on uh, uh, to have such a terrible penalty kill, even though the Leafs uh, power play has been clicking uh, on that five on three against the Ducks in the second period. They had um, Getzlaff, Cam Fowler and Kevin Shattenkirk out defending it, which <laughs> I found to be kind of an interesting choice of personnel. I know we often... Like we ridiculed the the Avalanche not long ago for having like Jack Johnson, even though that's a bit of a different story out on the penalty kill, or like these stereotypically defensive defensemen. But I still, I still feel like you know, a five on three, you maybe want to have. I feel like Hampus Lindholm at least and Josh Manson for sure have a little bit of better you know defensive specialty than Fowler and Shattenkirk do. Yeah, I know. It feels like they they're kind of playing the stereotype of like you know, I mean Shattenkirk is that what old great defenseman that you can throw out there and you play guess life who's kind of in the same mold and it's like you could you could definitely like, afford to was that I, I was thinking more shattenkirk just feels but maybe i'm not familiar enough with his uh with him but i had thought of him as being more of an offensive defenseman so i was like huh penalty penalty kill the five on three i mean if he says i guess you're better if your better options are lindholm and manson and they were i don't know on the shift before, maybe you don't want to run out Simone Benoit and Jamie Drysdale, which I guess is understandable. But either way, they kind of left themselves in a in a bad spot. Yeah, no, the the, the penalty kill didn't look good. Uh, and yeah, so they, the Ducks were thoroughly, I thought, outplayed in this game. Uh, seemed like you know they kind of they kind of fluked their way into tying the game. And I thought the Leafs were the better team the entire night. And this this is the kind of game where I was like, yeah, they, they managed to you know dig out a point. Uh, the Leafs, you know, kind of choked off another lead. Even that first goal that Anaheim scored, you know, the 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 steal goal. It was really, it was really kind of a stupid play by the Leafs, and you know, in front of their own net, it was an own goal, right? Uh, basically, uh, and uh, yeah, no, it felt kind of felt like the Leafs kind of tightened up near the end of the game with that lead, and it was like they did the Leafs thing, uh, but they managed to, you know, win the game. Um, but yeah, this is the kind of game where I look at where it's like, 
Yeah, I, this is this team isn't very good, is it? Um, where it managed to get completely outplayed for long, long stretches of time. Uh, and yeah, this is the kind of game where I look at. It, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe if I'm the Ducks heading into the deadline, this is the kind of game that informs what I'm gonna do. Uh, because yeah, the, if you know this, you're not gonna make a push. You know, maybe you have you get some good playoff experience with for Zegers for Troy Terry. Um, but aside from that, I don't think you're you're looking to make too much noise in the playoffs. Yeah, what I got from from that game was actually it was probably even more pronounced in the next game against Montreal that they they actually won that one five four. Was that this is a team that is very good at taking care of business against teams that are worse than it, but is extremely defensively fragile. They've been getting very good goaltending yeah. from John Gibson this year for the most part, um, but when faced with a higher quality of competition, they are very prone to buckling. Uh, and that comes from from through the entire roster. And I think that you got stuck with Cam Fowler and Kevin Shattenkirk out defending a five on three is a good example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that was a big note I made this week. All throughout the week, they just they did look very shaky in their own zone. Um, whether that whether that's you know sloppy turnovers that happen all the time that kind of lead to grade A scoring chances. Um, you know, defending the rush and just getting hemmed in your own zone. Um, I thought there was a lot of that uh, on the Ducks, and I don't know if that's a if that's a coaching thing. I don't buy too much into Dallas Eakins' system um, at all. But, yeah, you're right. This is not a team that you trust against any sort of high-caliber competition. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's sloppy, the own zone. Part of that is the, uh, you know, is, is, the, is the talent on the roster. Their defense isn't too good. Their bottom six is, you know, mediocre at best. Um, but also, I question the coaching system because they don't look very... They don't look very prepared out there in the defensive zone, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. That game against uh, Montreal, 5-4 win, started with three goals for the Ducks in the first period, the first one of which was uh, Sam Carrick fucking blowing by everyone for a breakaway goal, of all people. Uh, that was actually his ninth goal of the year. I hadn't realized he had apparently... He's apparently, like, he cemented himself on the, the Ducks roster. Uh a late bloomer, I think, is maybe even putting it lightly. How old is he? I think he's like around thirty. I know he was like, he was a mainstay on the Leafs the year they finished last uh, to tank for Matthews. He is uh, twenty nine years old. He's been flailing around the AHL for a long time, playing you know a handful of games most seasons for the past few years with the Ducks and before that with the Leafs. But this year, uh, he's already he's played thirty five games, which is most of the Ducks games. Uh, and he has nine goals, four assists, 13 points now. So this guy, 29 years old, has appears to have carved out a spot for himself on this roster. Yeah, out of nowhere, too. Um, so, yeah, g- good for Sam Carrick. Uh, we're always cheering for these kind of these randos that kind of show up and uh, do well because it's uh, it's fun. Um, it's fun to see them on a roster. And uh, yeah, so so they, they get up three, three, nothing. And then, you know, for the rest of the for, for a couple for like the second period, they're going back and forth with goals. Zegra scores a couple, uh, and I guess we'll get into the goal now. Um, to make a, they were they were up three one. Zegras makes a four one, uh, and uh, yeah, this is I don't think we've seen anything of the type when it comes to these lacrosse style goals because often we see you know a guy's a guy's given too much space and time behind the net, and so you know he figures why the hell not he'll try it. Um, but in this case, like Zegras was like <laughs> in stride um, with like a, a defenseman not too far away from him, uh, and he picks it up. And he just, you know, wraps it in. And who, who was the guy? I think it was pre, or no, it was Montembeau uh, by that time, uh, by that point of the game. Uh, and uh, he didn't really 
<laughs> not much he could do at that point. It just it happened out of nowhere. I, I didn't even catch it. What what like you know in live time? I had to. I didn't realize what he had done until I watched the replay. Yeah, I think another kind of underrated aspect of this goal, not just something that you might pick up just from watching it in isolated fashion, is that it came ten seconds after Jake Evans had an extremely impressive goal of his own, kind of this like you know diving goal, and the broadcast was like, "Wow, that was amazing!" And it was. It was pretty impressive. And Trevor Zegras, you can see in hindsight, may have been like, I am not to be outdone and has that superstar level extra gear that you talk about where he's like, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll just score the Michigan 10 seconds later. And then he went and did it. And yeah, as, as you talk about, um, he that was probably the easiest looking one I've seen of all the players who've ever done it, dating all the way back to, I think, Michael Granlin in the World Juniors in 2009 or something was like the first the first one, or at least the first one I remember hearing about. Not that I heard about it at the time. It was like on a postcard and stuff. Anyway, uh, that one was so fluid. Uh, made made it look so easy. And I'm, ve- I'm very thankful we're past the stage of people asking, is this good for the game? Is this bad for the game? Which maybe does coincide with Don Cherry coming off the air. Uh, but everyone from online to even on the broadcast uh, saying, oh, this is great. We're going to start seeing this more and more. High skill plays are going to start inventing these these new tricks that make the game way more fun to watch. Yeah, I think uh, part of it is that it's happening more often thanks to you know Zegers himself, and also is you know we didn't we didn't see, we didn't hear any John Tortorella this time around on the air with a dinosaur take. Is he what's happened yeah. to him? Like, is he still on the air? Like, what's going? On? I haven't seen any sound bites from him for a while. I don't think he's gotten a coaching job. Um, anyways, that, that that's no very idea. much a ti- very much a tangent. But uh, what happened to John Tortorella is the question I'm asking. I'm not, I'm not watching on ESPN, so, you know, maybe he's still there giving old man takes. But, uh, yeah, I didn't say anything about the Zegers goal. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you see it all. The, like, we've seen this phenomenon where it's like, you know, you see a sick play uh, and people start doing it in practice, you know, whether it's kids or just current players. Uh, and it just becomes uh, more and more common. I think that's very, very cool uh, in terms of, you know, Get to, get to see these highlight real goals that are very very marketable uh, and you know help to grow the game for sure, and not, not to mention it's just it's just cool yeah. to watch. You know what else helps to grow the game is penalty shot goals by Laurent Dauphin. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that that, that made a five four right with around like what was it ten minutes five minutes left in the game. Um, so yeah, yeah. Du- du- Ducks let him kind of climb back into the Jake Gavin scored th- another goal early in the third. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that was a bit of a concerning little stretch because, you know, you're up five, two, you're up four, one, uh, you kind of expect to put away except for a team, especially for a team that should be as demoralized as the Habs. Um, maybe gave him a, gave him a bit too much hope, but, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> Laurel Duffe on that penalty shot was pretty, it's pretty jokes of all people, uh, to get a penalty shot and then convert on it. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of the defensive fragility of the Ducks we were talking about. Like, you're really letting letting Montreal climb back. You had a three-goal lead on them, and you went in the game ends 5-4. It's a, that's, a, that's a pretty major red flag for a team that's trying to make the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of red flags, uh, how about basically getting outplayed by, you know, a Senators team without two of their first liners? Norris out, Batherson's out. Uh, Eric Branson was also not in this game. Uh, and they won 2-1. Uh, but that was, I would, they, I would argue they were not the better team there. And John Gibson really bailed them out throughout the game on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a matter of, um, you know, when you're playing 
a bad team such as Ottawa, you can get away with some things that you can't at all get away with against even an average team. We saw that against Montreal and against Ottawa. Uh, those were two not so great games in a row that you managed to win by being, you know, a decidedly better roster. Same thing, they didn't even play particularly well against Toronto, as you mentioned. Uh, so I think this is maybe the worst imaginable seven out of eight points week that a team could have yeah. uh, because like they're winning and picking up points and yet inspiring very little confidence, at least very little confidence in terms of what they could accomplish this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you would think a seven out of eight point stretch would, uh, <laughs> would instill more confidence in the team. Um, but no, that's, that's not the case. Um, you know, the, the, the two goals I thought Forsberg, uh, you know, the, the, the Sens goalie looked, pretty weak on both goals and uh yeah i mean it's just it's really the like the top six that's generating offense for anaheim uh and really the, the bottom six is pretty invisible so is the defense um yeah we saw we saw a lot of you know troy terry we saw a lot of zegers obviously uh you know gets raquel those guys are all scoring goals and those are the guys you expect to score goals um but you know further down the lineup the the talent just isn't there um, for it to be really a, a cohesive forward group or really a cohesive roster if you if you look at the defense too. Yep. Um, big picture for the Ducks. They are, if we rank by points, second in the Pacific Division. If we rank by points percentage, uh, fifth in the Pacific Division and actually outside of the playoffs. They are third place in the wildcard standings um, with points percentage of 574 behind the Oilers 575. So that's quite close. The Ducks though played 47 games. The Oilers and Flames have each played 40. So that's where the big the big swing comes from. So I think we can probably categorize this as being uh, a bubble playoff team as it stands right now. And they have as I mentioned before, a lot of very key players on expiring contracts. Hampus Lindholm, Ricard Raquel, Ryan Getzlaff and Josh Manson. Last year, when the Ducks were near the bottom of the entire league, um, and everyone was saying, you got, you know, we got a pretty good prospects pool. You got these players. Getzlaff at the time was a pending UFA. He actually is currently on a one-year deal he signed. But Raquel, Manson, and Lindholm were all, they're going to be up in a year and a half. Why aren't you trading them now? Bob Murray at the time. He didn't. No one knew why. That was categorized as like, you know, a big failure of the deadline by many people. Fast forward to this season. All the players are still there. They're doing very well or very well compared to how they did last season. I guess, as we kind of just mentioned, very well is relative. And the question is still there. Do they sell these pending UFAs? Um, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide what I thought about this um, because I, I, I think I think maybe this is maybe a case where it makes sense to not go all in one way or the other. But I do think if you're holding on to any of those four players, you want to be at least fairly confident that you're going to be able to re-sign them. Uh, mainly, Getzlaff, I don't feel like you'd have such a problem if you wanted him to stick around another year later. Because even guys like Troy Terry and Zegers, I think I've talked about like how important he is, yada, 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 that type of thing. Hampus Lindholm is the other one because he is on a on a, a defense core that we've talked about being fragile. The one 
beacon of stability. So I fear that if he were to get traded away rather than extended, everything would totally fall apart. And this isn't a team that's, like we talked about Nashville recently, that would have to start a rebuild, start to, you know, collect draft picks, collect futures. This is a team that already has the futures in place. Zegris, Jamie Drysdale, Mason McTavish is going to be in the NHL probably next season. That's an excellent core. Uh, so you are probably very close to contention uh, in your window, much much closer than Nashville is. So it may make more sense to hold on to these guys and try to extend them rather than sell the farm. Yeah. Uh, before we continue, I think you might want to turn your gain down. Uh, it's peaking a bit. Um, Oops. but anyways, um, so yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. This is a team where, yeah, you don't want to sell the farm as you said. Uh, but I definitely think a lot of these pieces from an asset management point of point of view, obviously you don't want to lose these guys for nothing, uh, when they walk in free agency. And so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta maybe lock them down before the trade deadline, um, or get some sort of agreement done, uh, with, with them in particular, I think Raquel is a pretty, you know, key part of their forward core. Um, and you know, if you want to get guests off on a cheap deal fine uh when it comes to those two defensemen i think manson's a guy uh who really sticks out to me as the guy that they should sell um he's you know 30 years old already he'll generate a ton of interest right-handed defenseman um you know like i i heard i just saw this week that you know the Leafs were looking into him they had made some inquiries so i mean yeah 4.1 million dollars you eat half of that you can get a bunch of returns you can you know really you know get get an asset that'll help you down the road for your rebuild because yeah this is not this is not uh the middle of a championship window uh, it hasn't even started yet um, for for the Ducks, right? All their pieces, uh, like most of their roster right now, are uh, you know mostly old guys who, when their contracts are up, won't won't you won't bring them back. Uh, and you know the youngsters are just getting started, so it's uh, you know especially yeah. So Manson's Manson's really the guy, thirty years old, where I don't see them bringing him back this off season. So I think you you got to ship him out. Um, I don't think you saw all four guys. Maybe maybe you send out. Um, Raquel, if you really get a good offer, you could get a great offer for Raquel. Um, and if you can't find a you know good contract with him, uh, for the upcoming seasons, um, but uh, yeah, I think one or two pieces would be an appropriate sell. I I would encourage selling though, especially on the Manson. Yeah, Raquel feels like one that you sell. Also, I think I think you try to, um, because he's he's on a very reasonable deal. He's under four million, um, and he's going to need a raise. And he's 28. And I just feel like it makes so much less sense to extend someone who's probably like a second line winger uh, when you have a very decent amount of offense in the pipeline uh, rather than, you know, A, saving that money for when these players' ELCs are up and also giving it to Hampus Lindholm instead, who I would say is a much more important part of your, your roster. But I yeah. those four players I named, oh, you go ahead. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable, and you bring up a good point when it comes to you know the future. You gotta, you can't just, you can't give out uh, big money contracts to dudes um, because you gotta keep in mind, you know, you obviously your Zegerses, uh, you know, your Troy Terrys, and you know even maybe your Maxim Contois, and all the future guys that you have. Uh, you gotta save that cap money for them too, and so you know you can't, you can't go around with your with Adam Henrique esque contracts uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh boy, you cannot. Um... <laughs> But those four players I've named are not the only four pending UFAs for the Ducks. There are some other ones that they could probably get a pretty decent return for. Nicholas Delorier. Wasn't there a rumor last year that someone might have been willing to offer like a first-round pick for Nick Delorier? I I can't imagine that, that how true that is, but even if you can get something resembling that, you better take it and run. Uh, 
NHL player Sam Carrick on a league minimum contract. I'm sure someone would love to have him um, based on how he's how he's done this year. Um, Montreal Canadiens legend Greg Patteron, who scored a goal this week, an absolute bomb, uh, who also happens to shoot right, so that doubles his value. Uh, Vinny Lettieri also, who's, who scored a goal this week. So if they sold him right now, after having recently scored a goal, you know what they say is is buy high. So Vinny Lettieri is going to get a king's ransom. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no doubt. Um, but yeah, no, one, one bit of inf- one bit of information that's interesting is that like, I don't even, I think they're, they have an interim GM right now. Right. Um, forget it's fucking yeah. name Cause I don't know. Bob Murray Jeff was Solomon. fired. Right. So yeah, Jeff Solomon's the GM. Uh, but yeah, he still got the interim tag if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And so that, that, that throws another wrench in the plans. Um, because it's like, you know, it's an interim guy. Uh, I don't, I don't know much of a, how much of a vision he has for the future for the, of the ducks. Um, and he doesn't even know if he has any job security at all. Right. So, uh, what, how many months has he been on the job? Like seven months. It's been a while. Um, but, you know, with, with a situation that's pretty fluid, not as much stability at the GM position, uh, that, that kind of, you know, raises even more questions as to as to what they'll do uh, and really how much of a leash is, is Solomon given to kind of make that call. Yeah, uh, that this is probably the most interesting thing. Um, uh, the most interesting team heading into the deadline based on all these things. Uh, I still do think, though, Trading the likes of Raquel and Manson and maybe even Lindholm at the deadline last year probably still would have been pretty well advised <laughs> um, because they're just, I mean, do you think, th- is their value like lower, well, a lot lower this year with only half a season left as opposed to a season and a half? Um, I mean, I, I, I think so. Uh, I think, I think they, well, I mean, yeah, it was a mistake not selling last year. Um. I mean, in hindsight, though, I think you look at the, the relative success that they've had this year, and you say, you know what, it, it it didn't really hurt us that bad in the end. Um, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't erase the mistake that uh they should have sold last year. The guy who's in charge is now fired. Uh, and so yeah, that's that. But I think the value is slightly lower though because you know you get that full year. Um, I think we've seen in the past, you know, in the last few years, um, guys with a full year left on the contract typically, you know, go for more, and you know they're younger to start off with um but yeah you get that team control yeah. so yeah it, it, it's still an error in hindsight um but i don't think it turned out as bad as it could have mm-hmm. uh i want to talk about something kind of funny we were ranting about the ranting about the all-star game not long ago uh and i said something about how ever since they got rid of the breakaway challenge it's been terrible the uh especially the skills competition has been awful and like a couple days later I, apparently, someone at the NHL listened to us because they brought back the breakaway challenge. They're bringing it back. I don't know the details of it, um, but I assume it'll be more or less similar. They, I don't know if they'll have that, like, text in your favorite breakaway special thing to vote for the winner. Um, but something funny about it is that Trevor Zegris, who was not selected for the All-Star team, is going to go to the skills competition just to be in the breakaway challenge, mm-hmm. which, which kind of a part of me is like, wow, what if he just sucked at the breakaway challenge and it just like blew it and didn't win? <laughs> because when when you're putting that much pressure on someone, it's kind of oh, we're bringing you here just for this one event, and it's like okay, what if I'm not good at it though? Which I don't imagine he would be, um, but it's just. It's so weird because this idea has been floating around for a while of like, 
oh, they should, you know, you know, they have the all-star teams that play in the all-star game, but for the skills competition, they should invite other players. They should invite, like, Michael Grabner for fastest skater because he's super fast back when he was in the NHL. And guys like Trevor Zegris or guys with super hard shots who aren't that good for hardest shot, you know, that type of thing. That's a good idea. But the NHL just going, hmm, one guy, Trevor Zegris, who, like, trended on TikTok a month and a half ago. Uh, we'll we'll bring him in. We'll bend the rules for him. It just it feels so non-committal. Like either you know stick with the all-star teams or have this. We can invite extra people for the fun events. And it just feels so so weird and fake to be like, come on in, Trevor, to show <laughs> off your skills. It's super random too. It's like it's well they announced this like a couple of weeks ago too. So this is you know before any the the sparkling Michigan Michigan goal of this week uh, and. You know, I mean, Trevor Zegers is definitely a cool guy, cool player, and like you know, deserving of you know, bring importing in for the for the breakaway challenge. But yeah, just having him for that one breakaway challenge um, is 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 super random, uh, for lack of a better word. And it's like you know, it's like what are you, what are you doing in HL? Um, it's it's hard to understand what they're thinking sometimes, um, and, and the rationale behind everything. It it really does seem like a, like a half baked kind of idea, um, but. You know, they're bringing it back. That's cool. When was the last time they had it? Like six years ago? So, like, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll watch the highlights. I probably won't watch it in real time. Uh, but, you know, a lot, lot, lot of pressure. The, the whole event rides on Zegers' shoulders at this point. Because, uh, uh, yeah. honestly, I don't know much else about any of the other events. Mm-hmm. I hope. I remember, I think, the last breakaway challenge was just players trying trick shots. And it's like, okay. And it was especially boring because they failed a lot of them. Um, whereas, you know, the most memorable ones of the past, uh, were the ones that involved a, another player somehow PK Subban in like in his rookie year, when he was at the all-star game in Carolina, he put on Jeff Skinner's Jersey for his shot and got like a big ovation just by doing that. Um, and, or ones that involve props somehow, those are always the big ones. Uh, and I've got to say, I'm not getting my hopes up that any player this year is feeling creative enough to involve another player to such a degree or to involve props, which leads me to my final conclusion, which is that I could very easily win the breakaway challenge uh, by by being just a little bit clever and a little bit funny. Yeah, absolutely. The bar is low. Uh, the, trick stop, the trick shot version of the breakaway challenge stinks. Uh, n- no personality whatsoever. It's just like, you know, uh, what, you're going to juggle the puck a few times? Yeah, very cool. Very cool, Johnny. Um, but uh, show me something more. Um, and yeah, it's it's really the, oh, the challenges of uh, years past that uh, we we, we kind of miss here. You know, who was it? Somebody somebody pretended to be Yager at one point, didn't they? I don't remember who the player was. Uh, but that was a oh, bit, you know, war. I, I think that was Subban too. See, great moment. I still remember it, like seven, eight years later. Um, <laughs> nothing of the like. If you if you got a trick shot challenge, so you know. Hopefully, you know, the NHL continues to listen to our podcast and encourages its players to, to have some fun. Yeah, I was going to say, trick shots, fine. Go right ahead, just as long as you also include props and or other players. Or or yeah. uh, include your kids. Didn't Joe Pavelski bring, like, his kid uh, and, like, passed him the puck or something and or something like that at the breakaway challenge? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. That does sound familiar. Uh, a kid on the ice? Sure, I'll take your word that it's Joe Pavelski, but uh, yeah, why not? Props are fun, even especially if they're live props. Why the hell not? You know, kids bring a dog out there. Who cares? Just have some fun. Yeah. 
Or you know, oh, you know what would be fun? I just thought of this. You so you skate the puck up to uh closeish to the goalie, say around uh it right in line with the face off dots. Stop, turn back, go go back to center ice, uh, and roll a bowling ball to try and hit the puck into the net. Wouldn't that be fun? If not a little a bit, bit of dangerous. a safety concern though. <laughs> bit of a safety concern yeah. with a goalie in the way. <laughs> Yeah, all right. so not not a bowling ball maybe like uh some other thing like a, a beach i don't know ball. what what's what well, well that's not at all heavy enough to hit a puck <laughs> i know that, i know it's heavy enough to hit a puck but wouldn't hurt a goalie wow or an abstract question um i don't know find, find something weight range so i can't think of anything a basketball well, no item would work a basketball well if you if you roll the basketball on the ice from center ice with a goal of hitting the puck and it did hit the puck would it not just like roll over the puck that's true that's true now we're talking some physics now we're talking some physics um i don't know a big puck a big Ooh, puck would do it you know <laughs> what if you what if you had two of your teammates just kind of like uh you know have like the the brooms from curling and you give it to, you know, light light puck toss from center ice, and your teammates are sweeping it to give it the extra momentum it needs to get into the net. Wow. That'd be, that'd be funny. Just like that. You just came up with the, the memeable moment of the All-Star Game 2022. Uh, if, if it it's ever so happened. It's so easy. It's spectacular. We'd be talking about the curling thing for years. Hour, I'd come up with 10 more. We'd be talking about the curling thing for years. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, we should we should be scripting the All Star Game. Uh, th- no, not the All Star Game. Th- nobody cares about the All Star Game. Just the Breakaway Challenge. Um, <laughs> well, you, you know, you know we should script the All Star Game too, because then people would care about it, because we'd make it more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, throw throwing a John Scott every few years. Why the oh, hell not? Yeah. Fun times. Mm-hmm. It would be so much better if this was all meticulously planned beforehand by yeah. you and me. It would be, no doubt. All right. So yeah, that's the All Star Game. When's it happening? It's uh, it's next week, right? Or no, it's this week. It's this uh, week. It's next weekend. Yeah, yeah, next the weekend. All Star breaks this week. Sure. So yeah, cool. Check it out if you're interested. Um, can't can't imagine that's or too many people. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I won't be. I said it's a big if there. The, the, if you're interested. Yeah. Um. So you know who else isn't very interested in hockey? Are uh, I don't know Arizona Coyotes fans something their arena is gonna move or anyway uh new new update update in the arizona coyote saga um which i think was best summarized in a a meme posted by by someone based off the asdf movies are you familiar with with asdf and Uh, the little muffin who says who says please eat me and the man says but i'm not hungry and the muffin says why won't you let me die gary batman or the arizona coyotes (laughs) to gary batman why won't you let me die um, because instead of just letting you die a peaceful death, Arizona Coyotes, uh, we are forcing you into, and I quote from Craig Morgan, the advanced stages of discussions with Arizona <laughs> State University and arena manager OVG Facilities, a division of the Oakview Group, to use Arizona State University's new multi-purpose arena as their temporary home. Uh, temporary. Uh, means at least three and possibly four years <laughs> if construction of a new arena 
takes too long. This new arena will seat approximately 5,000 spectators. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, your your Arizona Coyotes. Uh, what, a, what a humiliating thing that would be. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it looks like it actually might happen. Advanced discussions. I haven't heard of advanced discussions of anything relating to the Arizona Coyotes in forever. Um, so, you know. <laughs> This is a step forward. Um, and yeah, I mean, just the, the, the attendance number is all you need. Like the, the capacity number is all you need to hear um, to just to see how just just how much of a joke this is. Uh, a 5,000 seat arena for an NHL team. Um, and who knows if they'll sell it out. Uh, what city is it? Is it, is it in Tempe? I think it's in Tempe. Tempe who yeah. cares? Good for them. Um, but yeah, look, look, say it's not even like a one year thing. You know, we've seen like different sports, different teams go like, all right, our, our arena's under construction. We'll, we'll stick around for here for one year in this temporary place. Nah, they're like, they're making themselves whole in this ASU arena, like three, four years. That's like, that's a long time, um, for, to be in a, uh, an arena that, 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 you know, qualifies as, as like a, a minor team, minor league team. I didn't even know Arizona fucking had Arizona State had a university hockey team. I had never heard of it. Um, and yeah, it just the, the the L's keep piling on for this franchise. And yeah, we're always wondering uh, what the hell are they gonna do now that they are they are quasi homeless in terms of a stadium. Uh, and the answer was f- find themselves a five thousand seater uh, in the middle of nowhere. So uh, good for them. This is just so embarrassing for the <laughs> NHL, man. That really, it's like. It's this is the thirty-one team league with the Coyotes there too. This uh, like what possible purpose could this? How could this be good for anyone? Folding the team would probably be better. Uh, because at least the optics of this are just so embarrassing. There's no good perspective from this. There's no way the NHL or the Coyotes have a win. Uh, after after this team plays three years in Tempe in front front of five thousand people at most. Well, at least. It is just a temporary arena. Thank you. I like barely heard of the city of Tempe. I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of like a real place, I suppose. Um, and I just, I know they're not going to do this, um, but it would be kind of funny if they changed the Arizona Coyotes name back to the city specific thing that they play in. Would be amazing. And just made them like the, the Tempe Coyotes or something. And everyone's like, what's Tempe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what country is that in? Uh, sounds Serbian. Oh, did, um, they, did they expand to, to I don't know, El Salvador? Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, they'd probably get more fans if they did. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, like what kind of revenue are you... For, for a league that already depends on ticket sale revenue, um, you're, really, you're really setting the bar low uh, when you have a 5,000-seat arena. For a dog show franchise in a small city that I had never heard of prior to, you know, listening to Coyote news, um, it's uh, yeah, no, there's 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 no coming back from this. Like, man, hockey in Arizona is not it's not it's not happening. I'm sorry to say that the experiment has failed um, due to a number of mismanagement issues, uh, and you got a bunch of clown owners right now. Uh, and yeah, this this honestly, the franchise sounds I don't know the, what exactly the details are, but it sounds like a money loser, you know, and. Uh, yeah, it, it it sucks. It is embarrassing for the league uh, to have such a team, and and also the on ice product sucks. So that certainly doesn't help. And so yeah, an embarrassment of a franchise with uh, no direction up whatsoever. 
Uh, there we go. Yep. Did they, did they win the lottery this year? What are, what are we thinking? What Does it thinking? happen for them finally? Uh, I think they win the second pick. Seems like a second pick kind of year for the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. You ever stop and think about how close they were to getting McDavid? They had the second best odds. That could have so easily been them. McDavid on the Coyotes. Does he? Are we looking at like? D- does he lift them out of poverty, a la Mario Lemieux, and help them be in a rise to prominence, or is it just like, you know, similar to what the Oilers are now, where they're just spinning their wheels in the sand? Yeah, exactly. He couldn't. He couldn't even lift the the Oilers out of poverty. It's been like six years. Uh, God knows what he'd be on the Coyotes. Can't imagine it'd be better. Um. You know, the Oilers are bad, but they're not Arizona bad yet. Uh, so, you know, at least he's got a, you know, a decent, li- like, you know, but decent know, teammate like, think in of, You think of the Oilers without McDavid versus the Coyotes as they are now. I feel like Dreisaitl, who, again, the Oilers got lucky in drafting very high, is the only real difference. Like, for a stretch there, the Coyotes had, like, a pretty decent cast of defensemen. They were getting very good goaltending. Uh, I think they almost made the playoffs a couple times in recent years. I feel like maybe you're you're underrating how much of a difference McDavid would have made versus drafting Dylan Strom instead. Maybe, maybe. Um, But, you know, in in its current state, even even Jesus couldn't save these Arizona Coyotes. Who the fuck is Janice Moser? Who the hell is Janice Moser? I just pulled up their, (laughs) their lines right now. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Let me tell you about Janice Moser because I I know a a very little bit about him just because I was in the same boat as you. Who the hell is Janice Moser (laughs) when he scored a very nice goal against the Canadians when they played the Coyotes not long ago? He is, I think, 21 years old, uh, but he was just drafted in the most recent 2021 draft right near the very end of the second round. So this guy was drafted and more or less went straight into the NHL, which is very rare, but there's also, especially when you're in the second round pick, but there was also the caveat that he was like a double or triple overrager um, and that the Coyotes sustained many uh, injuries to the defense, the very few defensemen they had to begin with. So a path was kind of cleared for this guy to show up to the NHL, but now that he's here, he actually looks uh, like, like he belongs. So good for good for Janice Moser or Yanis Moser, however it's pronounced. For you know, I got the, the bright light, the bright light that Tempe needs moving forward. You know, it's funny. I just googled Yanis Moser, right? Um, and I thought, wow, that looks familiar. And I looked at my history, and I actually googled him five days ago, and I have no recollection of this whatsoever. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, apparently five days ago, I had this exactly the same thought. He stuck out. As 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 having been Googleable, um. So yeah, that, he's that forgettable. I literally Googled him explicitly. Google, look at his Wikipedia page, even, um. You know, less than a week ago, and I, it somehow still slipped my mind. So you know, that's the state of the Coyotes. First first pairing defenseman Kyle Capobianco. The fuck is up with that? Um. Nice. That's where we're at. Uh huh. And earlier this year, we were making fun of Dyson Mayo. I don't think he's been sent down since then. He's Where is he? absolutely stuck on this team now. <laughs> is he not there? Yeah, well, he's not. I'm on daily faceoff. I'm on their uh, their lines, and I can't I can't find him. 
I was looking for oh, him. Maybe he's injured. Just then. now. I was like, maybe he's maybe. injured. He's not in the IR or anything. So, uh, you know, don't know where he's at. But, uh, and I Let did a quick go Google see. search. Couldn't find any news. Let me, uh, you know, I look on Twitter. You know, he's worth, he's I'm, worth. I'm looking on Cat Cap Friendly. Always tells you the Cat Friendly depth charts. They got everything there. Uh, Dyson Mayo is in COVID protocol. That's what's ah, up with him. Goddamn. He got the COVID. That's, That's unfortunate. Um, uh, best wishes. He is the Dyson only Mayo. one, though, on Arizona. Best oh, wishes, wishes to Dyson Mayo. That's good news. That's good news for Arizona. Um, even then, still such a bad team. Wow. Yannis yep. Moser on the penalty kill. First unit. And on the second power play. Wow, what a legend. Oh, look at that. This, this guy gets all the play. Maybe I should pick him up in fantasy. Why the hell not, you know? <laughs> and, and, Do it. I dare know, Travis, Travis, Travis Boyd's on the first unit. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at, uh, looking at some Travis Boyd's been their the top line center for like a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. So, 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 you know, you put Connor McDavid on this team. You know, he's got Nick Schmelt on his right. And behind him is, uh, you know, Ryan Zingle in the lineup. Uh, so... You know, yeah, I wouldn't have much hope if I was, uh, even if Ladd. they had McDavid. Oh, God. Oh, you know what I just Good. thought of? I look what? From looking at the Coyotes lines and seeing Phil Castle, we should yeah. totally mention Keith Yandel is Keith the Yandel, new baby. record holder yeah. for Iron Man streak. Uh, and it was not long ago. We were like, oh, 964 games, Doug Jarvis. That seems pretty unlikely that anyone's going to break it. Lo and behold, Keith Yandel. By the skin of his teeth, after nearly being healthy, scratched by the Panthers at the start of last season, um, has made it. Uh, he played for the Coyotes, the Rangers, the Panthers, and now a little bit with the Flyers, dating all the way back to 2009, 965 consecutive games. Uh, big round of applause for Keith Yandel, who consistently gets recognized as like the funniest NHL player. I've never heard him crack a joke, but apparently his teammates say he's like the funniest guy in the world. Uh, and funny thing about it, Phil Kessel is actually not far behind him at all, which means if Keith Yandel does uh, a miss a game uh, at some point in the near future, Phil Kessel is probably quite likely to overtake him or B if Keith Yandel happens to retire soonish, Phil Kessel might just pass him for playing longer. Yeah, I mean, it's just so funny. Um, first of all, just 900-whatever game, 60-66, is such an insane, like, amount of time, uh, number of games. Just, like, 14 years. The 14 seasons was the number I saw, um, and just not missing a game for the entire time. Pretty crazy. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out to Keith Yandel. Big dubs. Um, but, yeah, Phil Castle being third place all-time for the Ironman streak and still counting, nearing 1,000, uh, and really no other active player in, in that stratosphere, I think the next size is like Brent Burns at 650, um, is extremely funny. Well, what a fucking meme. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. This guy's never gotten injured. He's just played in every single fucking Coyotes game for the last few years. Every, pe- you know, Pens game dating back to like 2009, you know, Bruins, Leafs, all that. Uh, that's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's excellent. And I'm looking at it right now. Uh, his Iron Man streak started on my birthday back in 2009. So I'm cheering for you, Phil Kessel. Oh. You got my stamp of approval right now. Nice. I'm looking right now at Andrew Cogliano's Iron Man streak, which not it's not active anymore. But you might remember back around 2017 or 2018 or so, he had a very long one going. And I'm checking right now to see exactly how long it was. 
it was at about 866 or, or, or almost there actually uh, when it was broken. Do you remember how it was broken? Ah, uh, man. It's, it's, I can't remember. Was he, was he like healthy scratched? Or no, it was a no, suspension. No. It was a suspension. It was a suspension. Yes. That's what it was. He was suspended. Uh, and it wasn't even an, a special... I don't remember the details, but we. I remember thinking, like, that wasn't even... That didn't even have to be a suspension. Like, come on. Maybe I was slightly biased because I wanted him to keep the streak going. But I was like, oh, come on. That could have been, like, a, a fine or something. You should have to suspend him for two games. And they did. And the streak was done. Which even some people at the time were like, oh, I feel like the Iron Man streak could, like, still count because it should only be like games you're eligible for but like an, an official officially the streak is dead um and the funny thing about that one was that that iron man streak started the first game of his nhl career with the oilers in like 2006 or something so from his very first game of his very first season it was a full 82 games 82 games 82 games 82 games 48 in the lockout year 82 games 82 games and then he missed two that year and the next year i think he uh yeah it looks like he missed a couple more for whatever reason so he could he has missed very few games since then, but he has missed a couple. So I guess he just couldn't quite get his groove back. Yeah, he was no longer motivated, um, is what you could say. But yeah, no, if, if he had kept it going uh, up until this date, he would uh, have beaten have beaten Yandel at this point. He would. Have oh had yeah, he wasn't that. Far. He was. Like, yeah. He was like a season and a half away from being the record holder uh, at that point. So that's that's tough for Andrew Cogliano. Still sure he's 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 hurting from that one. Uh, but yeah. So that's that's that. Phil Kessel, um, hot on his tails though. So uh, twenty three games ain't that much. So you got this, Phil. We're rooting for you. Uh, who, who's your horse in this race? Are you a Kessel guy? Are you a Yandel guy? You're a Brent Burns guy. Oh, what what's Burns at? Uh, he's like six hundred. He's way back. He's a he's a dark horse. Oh, right. okay. So he's he's not really in the mix right now. Not really. Uh, I not, nothing against Yandel. I'm, I'm pulling for Kessel. Uh, I've go. always I've had a soft spot for. For Philip Castle, it's so it's remarkable to me that someone who uh, a um, overcame cancer earlier in his career, b has an incredibly long Ironman streak, uh, and c is known for increasing production in the playoffs and was arguably like the could could have should have won the Conn Smythe in 2016 with the Penguins uh, was important the next year as well. Uh, still seems to have have this reputation in some circles. For being soft, these are circles that we criticize, of course. Um, and perhaps it all started with Steve Simmons' infamous hot dog article, calling Phil <laughs> Kessel, you know, fat and lazy or whatever, running him out of town. Um, but it seems wherever he goes, uh, his teammates, for the most part, like him. That he's just kind of a chill guy. Uh, I do understand how perhaps that could rub some people the wrong way. Sometimes being very like calm and collected comes across as some people like you don't really care. Um, but that's clearly not the case with Phil Castle. No one can make it to the NHL by not caring, or at least very few people could. Uh, so I think it would be absolutely brilliant for someone like Phil Castle, who was also remember, cut from Team USA at the World Cup by Brian Burke for not being able to... Oh, no, that was that was Bobby Ryan at the Olympics. who was like, he can't spell intense. But anyway, Phil Castle was cut uh, the World Cup in 2016, and then they... They made their had their final embarrassment. He tweeted something like, uh, "I felt like I should be somewhere tonight. Can't quite put my finger on it." <laughs> so, so excellent troll job by Phil Castle. Uh, you know, if I really put a lot of thought into it, I could see him coming up near the top of a list of my favorite players. So, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Phil's corner on this one. Let's go! Hell Get yeah. that thousand game mark. 
Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah, totally on the side. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, a living, breathing meme. Phil Kessel, his, whose troll job lives in infamy. You still remember it six years later. You love to see it. Uh, so yeah, what what a guy. What a guy. Um, too good. And you know, so you wouldn't you wouldn't see it coming. That's the thing when you, everybody sees the Iron Man streak for Phil Kessel, they're like, well, nobody could have seen this coming. Uh, and it's true. And it, it just makes it that much more delightful. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about Team Canada's roster for the Olympics, uh, for the men's team, because it's, it's, it's very interesting. And mostly in that it has a lot of Montreal ties. Uh, first of all, several former Montreal Canadians will be on this team, uh, including... As we've mentioned, I think last week, David Dayarnay, get to watch him uh, on a big stage, perhaps back to the, his first line center days like he was 10 years ago with Max Pacioretty and Eric Cole. Uh, we've also got Mark Barbario, former Hab, Jordan Wheel, uh, and a lot of people were like, oh, Claude Julien, there you go, you know, putting your favorite power play option. Even though actually, I think Claude <laughs> Julien today, it was announced like, um, he, I think he has like broken ribs or something and he isn't able to yeah, coach the, the team anymore. Oh, man. Ouch. Uh, I don't remember who's replacing him. Anyway, there was one more former Habs. Eric Stahl was the other one. So that's four former Habs on this team. Not only that, we've got uh, Devin, how, how is it? Levi, Levy, Levy. Everyone knows who I'm talking about, but there was one. Anyway, Devin, Devin Levi, the goalie, uh, who was at the World Juniors a little over a year ago. From the exact same suburb that I live in, uh, he's going to be going to the Olympics. Very impressive. Uh, Maxime Noro, an alumnus from our high school who scored the only goal in the bronze medal win for Canada at the 2018 Olympics, is back on the team. And Jason Demers, who is one of the better known players on this team for having, you know, have played in the NHL for a long time, is from Dorval. And there's actually a, like a big picture up of Jason Demers at like the, the Dorval local arena that I played at multiple times back when I used to play. So a lot of, a lot of ties to, to us in our city. Very fun. Very nice. Uh, yeah, no, that was Daniel a lot Carr. of people. I forgot to mention Daniel Carr. He's here. With <laughs> okay, the, so, so important. How could I, how could I miss Daniel Carr? I love Daniel Carr. He was, he was a good time. Yeah. So, uh, Claude Julien, uh, looks like he tried to, <laughs> to leave his mark on this roster, but yeah, yeah. Replaced by Jeremy Carlton. So that's uh, quite the downgrade, if you ask me. Uh, you know, oh, wouldn't God. be surprised if we saw, you know, Dearnay, uh and the squad drawing up their own plays uh, during a timeout. Um, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, a clown job in, in Colton there. Um, but yeah, other players were interesting. I mean, Josh Hosang uh, is on the roster. You'll have to see him get a shot there. Uh, you know, apparently he's been pretty good for the, the Leafs minor team, uh, the Marlies. And, and obviously you got, you know, the, the draft picks from last year, you got McTavish, who we just mentioned earlier this episode. You have Owen Power. And so, uh, yeah, pretty good. And, uh, you know, if ever it's at a convenient time, I may turn it on if it's a metal game. You know, let me tell you, I'm way more interested in this team than I thought I would be. Yeah. There's a very fascinating mix of players here. Fun names. From the, the ones that I mentioned. Josh Hosang, that's an exciting one. Uh, McTavish and Owen Power. Uh, Daniel Winnick, 
There's a there's a fun blast from the past. Adam mm-hmm. Cracknell, how about that? Brandon Gormley, former first round pick. Uh so I'm gonna say I think that if you put this team up against the best Team Canada players from the NHL, I think this team would absolutely prevail. Uh, they have oh, unmatched yeah. skill at every position. Uh, uh, Maxim Noro versus Drew Doughty. I know who I'm taking. I'm taking the guy who went to Royal West Academy, and that's not Drew Doughty. So I think this team is absolutely primed for the gold medal. Anything less would be a major disappointment. Uh, but I know the likes of of Tyler Witherspoon and Adam Tambellini and Eric O'Dell will never let us down. Yeah, a nation's hopes uh, resides with you, Eddie Pasquale. Um, <laughs> so, so that's that. That's the as a Canadian roster. Um, you know, it's not quite what we what what a, what a world class roster would be, but uh, comes pretty close. I would what say. Are you, what are you comes talking about? World class, easy, easy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got I got my Landon Ferraro jersey on this time around. Just you watch out. Oh, that's such a you know maybe I have maybe I should get a Team Canada jersey with one of these randos on the back. Like, I'd probably yeah, I'd probably lean towards David Darnay. I was gonna say um, the same. I was gonna say the same. Yeah, it'd be it would be hard for me to pick against David Darnay, but there are a lot of great options on here. You you can't really go wrong. Man, David Darnay being a like pretty mediocre first line <laughs> center. Um, who is, you know, a not bad player, uh, finding his way onto an Olympic team is uh, for Team Canada, is a very funny and would work on a jersey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, David Darren Knight, when he was he would yeah. he was traded to the Oilers, that was it was more jarring for me getting used to David Darren in another jersey than like any other player. Even when Subban was traded to Nashville, I felt like I got used to that quicker than Darren in an Oilers jersey. That was just so weird to me. And then weird. he like went on went on to the Rangers too, and he just it just he felt like he should have been a a lifelong hab, maybe just because you know francophone name or something. But I feel like there was a little more, maybe just the fact that he was like a small guy who was playing higher up than he should have in the lineup, doing his best, just felt so like such an embodiment of the habs of of that era. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of jerseys, I think when they came out, a lot of people called it you know looking like a turkey's butthole this time around. Uh, and the color scheme wasn't so nice. Um, so makes it even better to get a David Darren at Turkey butthole jersey. Um, <laughs> I gotta say. Oh man, I just Googled it. That those jerseys are Wait, ugly, looks, man. They're terrible. If it looks if it looks like a butthole, wouldn't it make more sense to get an Adam Cracknell jersey? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> wow, you're on fire. You're on fire. What was the other one again? Thank Temporary. You. And now Cracknell, this is... Uh, yeah, temporary. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going places. We're going places. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's that. Um, I recommend you do take a look at that jersey, though. I don't know who, I don't know who designed okay. this shit. It's terrible. It's dog shit. I think I have looked at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's not great. But, you know, I don't feel like freaking out about it. Fair enough. All right. Um, off to a, Off to another track. Uh, after the Olympics, we have, uh, you know, I, I can't do these transitions. I'm so fucking bad at them. Uh, but anyways, Evander Kane's on the Oilers now. Uh, signed a contract, played his first game, scored a goal. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's what we expected. Hockey teams not completely turning a blind eye to the off-ice shit that he's done. Uh, and, uh, you know, getting a player who I guess will contribute to them for the rest of the season. 
What I was so was like disgusted by was how they were talking about it on the broadcast. I don't know if you paid such attention to the broadcast. I tend not to. I had it on in the background. It's like, are the Oilers paying you? Is Evander Kane paying you like himself to say nice things about you? About how like he's gone through hard times and he's here to bounce back. And Kevin Bieksa was going on about like, oh, yeah, the Oilers team is doing badly. Evander Kane has like a, a swagger. He has a confidence that could be infectious. And Kelly Rudy was like, oh, you know, that, that's a good point, Kevin. I'm like, Ever, what are you talking? What, what are, are you ignoring the most important things? It's, it's so aggravating how, you know, you not only have these, these teams and the league that will excuse these behaviors, uh, that you also turn to the media, the broadcast, who's supposed to be talking to you about it. And they're basically going, uh, like, refusing to say he did anything wrong. Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy how they're willing to... How do you turn a blind eye to all of that? To all the behaviors that Evander Kane uh, has shown the last, you know, few years. Uh, it's uh, it's mind-boggling. And it's like, you know, the comments from his teammates. This other was, was a particularly dumb one from Duncan Keith, if I remember correctly. Uh, and yeah, no, it's just like nobody nobody really in the established hockey world is wants to talk about it. And they'd rather, you know, just... You know, oh, he's a contributor to the team. He he brings a good attitude this time around. Um, you know, and completely glossing over the fact that you know he's got the domestic violence, he's uh, allegations, he's got you know breaking COVID protocol this year, and he's and he's uh, you know showing his ass all the time for being a shitty person. Yeah, I don't know if I didn't catch this when he scored that goal, uh, but someone pointed out on Twitter afterward um, that Kyler Yamamoto after Evander Kane scored kind of deliberately instead of going to celebrate with him, like skated away back to the bench. And I was like, Oh, was that, was that intentional? You know, maybe it was maybe Kyle Yamamoto hates Evander Kane and wishes he wasn't on the team. I I wouldn't blame him for it. There we go. So maybe, maybe we've got an icon in Kyler. Um, yeah, it was quite, it was quite the swerve that he did there. Um, I saw the clip too, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you know, the Oilers are going to Oiler, and the NHL is going to NHL. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it sucks to see. And uh, so that's that. And we're going to guess who uh, has that for a transition. It's part of the mind. This team, not this team, this week, since Quentin Byfield scored his first NHL goal, we decided uh, in order to celebrate to do the LA Kings. Um, this is actually the third week in a row, out of total coincidence, we're doing a California team. Just so happened we are doing all three Californias, right in a row. Um, to get everyone up to date, I have six total wins. Taisei has 10, and we have six ties. So we have exactly 10 teams left. Um, is that right? Yeah, that's right. We have exactly 10 teams left, and I'm down by four. So I need to go on quite the run here in order to win the 32-game series. Uh, the 25 players we've got for the LA Kings are as follows. Jonathan Quick, Cal Peterson, Drew Doughty, Oli Mata, Matt Roy, Sean Walker, Alex Edler, Michael Anderson, Tobias Bjornfoot, Sean Dursey, Anze Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Philip Dano, Victor Arvidsson, Alex Iafalo, Adrian Kempe, Andreas Athanasiu, Trevor Moore, Brendan Lemieux, Arthur Kaliev, Quinton Byfield, Rasmus Kupari, Blake Lazati, Carl Grundstrom, and Leas Anderson. There we go. Um, I feel like I feel like I've what what was you lost you won the last one right, um, and I feel like uh you've got the momentum. I don't know what it is, uh, but I'm not I'm not yeah, feeling I won, good about it. Yeah, 
I won our last one, which was the Sharks. Before that, you won for Anaheim. Before that, I won for Colorado. And before that was your four-game winning streak. So if you're looking at the small sample size of the past one or three, then I suppose you could say things are trending in my direction. All right. Um, okay. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll get started. Um, so yeah, we've got 10 games left. I'm trying to hold on for dear life um, to my four-game lead. And you have I've an extremely comfortable player. lead. Yeah, I, I, I feel anxious about it. Though. I got to win this one. I got to get back. All right. Well, I got my player, so I'm going to unmute incoming audio in three, two, one. Cal Peterson. And I'm back. All right. I will be muting in three, two, one. My player is Michael Anderson. All right. I am back. Ready to roll. So uh, you won last time. So that gives me home spreadsheet advantage uh let's <laughs> let's see where i'll start today um hmm all right let's uh, what's the draft pick situation like here today let's sort by draft team oh uh, that's that's not enough um all right we'll just go with that first name then um does your player's first name start with j or earlier in the alphabet no, my player's first name does not start with J or earlier in the alphabet. All right. Good shit. Very interesting. All right. I'm over here trying to sort by nationality, seeing if I come up with anything good. Uh, Yeah, let's go with this. Is your player American or Finnish? My player is... American or Swedish? Swedish. Finnish? You mean, I said American or Finnish. Finnish. That's what I meant. Okay. Your player is American or Finnish. Okay. Got it. Deleting all the Canadians, Swedes, and our one Slovene friend, Anze Kopitar. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, Was your player a first-round pick? No, my player was not a first-round pick. Reading all them no all them noted players leaves me with a an unfortunate bunch. All right, go ahead. Is your player's number thirty two or less? No, my player's number is not thirty two or less. All right, got six players left. Okay, all right, me too. Um, was your player drafted in the fourth round or earlier? Um, let me just go take a look and verify this fact of which I am already pretty sure I know the answer. Yes, my player was drafted in the fourth round or earlier. Oof. Okay. All right. Your turn. All right. Uh, I'm going with a num- another numbers question. Is your player's number 44 or less? Uh, hmm. My player's number is 44 or less. Very nice. I'm down to three players. Okay. In, in hindsight, did I just give you home spreadsheet advantage by asking a first question? I think I did. Um, anyways, 
uh, a little a little flub oh, on the coin. Whoops! Thing. I did not catch that. <laughs> do do we, we, we want to switch? Now? Do we want to? I just asked the. We can switch now if you want. All right. Sure. We can switch. Now, now down to the important okay. part, which is the three-person guess. Uh, so tell I, us you, what have, you have you have three players also. Yeah. All right. I have Arthur Kaliev, Cal Peterson, and Michael Anderson. I'm not gonna go with the goalie. I'm gonna go with is your player Arthur Kaliev. My player is not Arthur Kaliev. Ouch. All right. I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't feel good about this one. I can't lie. I can't I can't lie. I, I don't like the look of these three players. I got Sean Dersey, I have Mikey Anderson, and I have Victor Arvidsson. So, you know, two forwards a defense uh, no one four two defenseman. But Arvidsson's like pretty notable as being like a solid player um you know what why not is your player victor arvidsson no my player is not victor arvidsson oh man tough shit unfortunate all right you better not have a goalie is your player michael anderson my player is not michael anderson so uh hey it's not so (laughs) Oh, what? Uh, I thought you said it was Michael Anderson. It's not Michael Anderson, is what I said. Oh, come on! <laughs> uh. All right. Um, okay. So so that's that. You know who my player is. The question is, can I secure the win? Can I capitalize on the fact that I had a goalie this round? Um, let's see. I have Sean Dersinger. I have Mikey Anderson. Um, you know, so strange. So strange. Because... Like the one fact that's kind of sticking out to me is like when I asked that second or fourth round question or fourth round or earlier question, you're like, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. And like, to be fair, you, you do have quite the extensive draft knowledge, but Sean Dursey seems like a player you'd know more about than Mikey Anderson. Um, all right, is your player Sean Dursey? No, my player's not Sean Dursey. Ah, uh, down bad. Goddamn. Goddamn. Completely blew it. Is your player Cal Peterson? My player is Cal Peterson. Is your player Mikey Anderson? Yes, my player is Mikey Anderson. All right, so we we tie. We um, do tie. I that's I consider that a big win for me that you had a goalie and yet I still tied the round. Yeah, that's uh, it's unfortunate. That's that is an L for me. I uh, consider that an unfortunate failure uh, of the guess. If I if I didn't have Mikey, if if I weren't guessing Mikey Anderson so close to the end, would you have been yeah. more inclined to guess that we were my player instead of Sean Dersey? Wait, what? Say that again. Rephrase because I had just guessed, I had just guessed, it's your player, Mikey Anderson. Yeah. If I had not done that, if, and he were already off my board, would you have been more inclined to guess that my player were Mikey Anderson instead of guessing Sean Dersey? I don't know. I think we're. <laughs> I think I think your 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 answer before, like your as I spe- as I uh, elaborated earlier, kind of tipped me off to the fact that you're onto Sean Dersey, uh, unfortunately. So I mm. think I was I was after that Sean Dersey grind um and that okay this was a losing this is a losing proposition all right a tying proposition all right round two. two let us reboot and find new players for ourselves mm-hmm. all right i got a new player to you yep all right i'm muting incoming audio in three two one got jonathan quick baby <laughs> and i'm back all right i'm muting in three two one my player is Oli Mata. 
All right. I am returning. Nice. I'm back now. All right. Very so I'll nice. start this time. Um, As opposed to last time where you also yes. started, but then we switched. <laughs> True. Uh, okay. I'll go with numbers. Go with numbers. Um, is your player's number 23 or less? I've just forgotten who my player. Oh, that's oh, okay. Uh, yes, my player's number is twenty three or less. All right, so gonna eliminate a good good chunk. All right, go ahead. Was your player drafted in the top fifty five? My player was not drafted in the top fifty five. Okay, very nice. All right, I just want to shout out the fact that. The Kings defensemen, like five of them, are in the single digit in terms of numbers. Just have a two, three, a six, a seven, and eight. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's very you know, back in like the old times. That was like the thing. Defensemen always had like the lowest numbers, and then forwards right. would have the higher numbers, and then the goalie would either be one or thirty, and all the other players would be in between. So I guess they stuck around with that formula. Um, so yeah, next question: Was your player drafted by the LA Kings? No, my player was not drafted by the LA Kings. All right. That leaves me with, with six stragglers. Go ahead. All right. Let's see how I want to sort this out. Uh, let's go with was, is, hmm. I want to, I want to, because I still got, I got some players that I want to, that I want to split up with this question. So let's see how how I can do this. Uh, does no, that doesn't do it, huh? Am I gonna have to go with another draft question? I might. I just might. Uh, let's go with. Uh, was your player drafted by? Uh, no, that that doesn't work either. Uh, was your player draft? Well, was your player drafted by a team that was in the Western Conference before the division realignment of 2014? Okay, one sec. Remind me what that division realignment was. So the the change is that uh, Detroit and Columbus moved from the West to the East, and Winnipeg moved from the East to the West. So basically, was your player drafted by any team that is – now in the Western Conference, minus Winnipeg, plus Detroit and Columbus. All right. Uh, in that case, yes. Okay. It meets those conditions. Excellent. If I had right. to come up with such a convoluted question only to lose, then that this would be quite <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> I'm looking at my players right now. They all, they all kind of suck, so it's going to make guessing a nightmare. Um, but we'll start with, uh, is your player North American? No, my player's not North American. All right, so that leaves me with a couple Swedes and a Finn. Go ahead. All right. Uh, is your player 27 or younger? Um, hmm. My player is not 27 or younger. All right. Makes them 28 or older. Got three players left as well. All right, here we go. Um... Yeah, I have I have uh, Elias Anderson, Oli Mata, and Alex Edler, all of whom give correct vibes, which makes it very hard for me to distinguish. Um, <laughs> all right, 
Um, this is impossible. This is impossible. I don't know how I'm supposed to fucking pick one of these three. Uh, all right. Is your player Elias Anderson? No, my player oh, is not Elias Anderson. God damn. That's brutal. Uh, I've, right. I'm, I'm going to go uh, in massive regression. All right, go ahead. I've got three players as well. I got goalie Jonathan Quick. I got player who's in your final three, Alex Edler. And I got player you guessed last round, Victor Arvidsson, who's actually quite notable. Um, I you are complaining about the round seeming impossible, uh, which would lead me to believe perhaps that uh, if you had Edler as your player, he wouldn't be giving you correct vibes. Um, and therefore, I'm going to guess is your player Victor Arvidsson. My player is not Victor Arvidsson. Oh come on! <laughs> All right. Um. Oh God, Mata or Edler? All right. Is your player Ollie Mata? Yes, my player is Ollie Mata. Right. Is your it. player Alex Edler? My player is not Alex Edler. I got two straight goalies. No oh, <laughs> God, you're cheating. I got the screenshots if you want. Uh, right here, Jonathan Quick, number one on my list. I believe um, you. I believe you. That's too good. <laughs> oh, man. What a beautiful but thing. My incredible talent at this game is bringing yeah. me nowhere. Jesus. I, I You know, like, I, I've whiffed on my first guess. You know, I thought I was screwed. I thought I was screwed. But, but then, no, actually, you I had figured I wasn't because I had a second goal. Quick. Yeah, I had, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, but I, I, it's not good for my long-term prospects at, at guess who. That I keep fucking whiffing on these guesses. Uh, but, uh... Long-term yeah, prospects. Was... We're like we're like two thirds of the way, like seventy percent of the way done this entire thing before we That's start true. all over again. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Maybe I'll hold on to that. But uh, I guarantee at least uh, a tie this round for today's game. All right. So that's encouraging. Can't wait for you to pull up, fucking Cal Peterson again. Here we go. All right. All right. Got my player. Do you have yours? Okay, muting incoming audio in three, two, one. Rasmus Kupari. And I'm right. back. I am muting in three, two, one. My player is Dustin Brown. All right. I'm back. And All right. I... So I guess first this time. You'll have to see it. All right. Uh, how shall I sort? Let's go first name. Yep. Everyone loves a good first name sort. Uh, does your player's first name start with J or earlier? No, not J or earlier. Uh, D or earlier in the alphabet. Uh, D or earlier? No, not D or yes. earlier. Yes. Okay. All right. There's a big leap in first name alphabetized from that goes straight from Dustin to Jonathan. Very right. peculiar. Big, big, lots of A's on this team too. Eh? I noticed. Yeah. Um, that's fun. So, uh, all right. Was your player born in 1994 or earlier? Uh, let me just go verify this. Yes, my player was born in 1994 or earlier. Alright. Cool. Alright, now let me sort by number. Let's ask one of these questions. Was is your player's number twenty-four or less? 
All right. Uh, my player's number is not 24 or less. Okay. Uh-oh, Jonathan Quick's still here. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Let's see. I'm trying to make sure I, I, a little funky thing happened with my spreadsheet. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um. All right. So... You know, I'm going to do the birthday thing again. It worked out pretty well last time. So, uh, what was your player born on February 24th, 1993 or earlier? Yes. All right. So, he's he's in the, in the right. top quarter of age. I got a bunch of old dudes now. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. You got All someone right. notable, so didn't you? Here's, Jesus. Here's my, so I have seven players left, but only Some two of them people. are giving me correct vibes. Um, okay. That said, I'm not stupid as you, where when you last week just started going Hail Mary for no reason. But <laughs> I'm going to try to think of a good, clever way to make this into a nice split. Um... Let's let, let's go with this. Is your let's go with another number question. Is your player's okay. number forty four or less? No, it's not. All right, so I got three right. players left. Oh, I'm six six guys in and I, six guys left, and I, they, all of them feel remarkable. Like it's not fair. Like it doesn't now. It feels too not like you know popular. I've got Dustin Brown, Jonathan Quick, Alex Edler, Kopitar, Dowdy, Dano. Like you're kidding me. What is this joke? Anyways, uh, I'll keep doing the age thing. I'll keep doing the age thing. I, if, if, don't, if it ain't uh, broke, don't fix it or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so is your player born on uh, in 1986 or earlier? Before I answer the question, I just want to say it's funny that you're like, I have such a terrible list of players left. Anyway, let me keep asking the exact same question because it's been working really well for me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, what is it? you said, 86 or earlier? Yeah. Yes, my player was born in 1986 or earlier. Oh, God. All right. I'm screwed. Go ahead. Got the quick still right. on the list. <laughs> my three players, my three players yeah. left. Sean Dursey. I don't think it's Dursey because, of course, he was quite notable in, in our first round. We got Byfield. I don't think it's Byfield because he's the whole reason we're doing this quiz, so he's too notable. And my last player, Rasmus Kupari. Uh, recently healthy scratched, I think. Is your player Rasmus Kupari? player is Rasmus Kupari. So a nice clutch win. Um, if I can, fi- a clutch guess, I should say. The win is not secured yet. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have three guys. I have Jonathan Quick, who is, uh, you know, a goalie. I got him last round. It's jokes. Um, I have Alex Edler, who like showed up earlier. I don't, I don't remember if any of us had him. I don't think either of us had him, but he just kind of, he was there. Uh, and we have Dustin Brown, who, uh, is the oldest guy on this team uh, in, in a scenario where I kept asking age questions, which is extremely annoying. Uh, anyways, um, all right. All of them seem too remarkable to be true, but I'm going to guess the forward. Is your player Dustin Brown? Yes, my player is Dustin oh, Brown. Oh, man. Oh, tough <sighs> luck so for I, you. Yeah, I lose. I lose. <laughs> I'm hopeless. There's no way I'm going to be able to win this. So now what, nine games left in series? I thought I was going to trip you up that I was like, oh, I'm not sure if he was born before 94. I have to guess. Uh But then you just kept asking the exact same questions, so it didn't trip you up anymore. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. 
just to really that I guess that's the way to go these days. Really just discriminate these guys based on age. Um so uh that worked out well. Discriminate, of course. Um and uh and yeah. So Dustin Brown shout out, he's my MVP of the week. And uh, I take a five game. MVP of the week is, is Jonathan ago. Quick. What are you talking about? It's Jonathan it's Quick Cal and Cal Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, it's true. the goalies. It's really random.org, actually, if you think about it. Um for <laughs> For, giving, for blessing uh, wow. me with the goalies, um, so that's that. You know, I gotta be honest. This one, yep. this one hurts a lot because I think I performed very well, and I, I just got did. screwed. You, you performed admirably, and you got you got bowed by the goalies. Gotta say, I sure did. I got goalied. You got goalied. There we go. Perfect. Beautiful. Huh, all right. All Which right. team should we discuss next week? Oh man, just just like we keep a spreadsheet for the guess who. We should also keep a spreadsheet for the teams that we cover. Um, yeah, we should. We should. I'll go back and do that this week. But uh, anyways, what what team? Let's see. Let's look at the standings. What do we got? Have we done the Rangers yet? Have we? I don't think so. I don't. I don't recall mm. doing that team. Yeah, they just mm. kind of caught my eye after looking at the standings page for like three seconds. Hmm. Yeah, they've been pretty good. Um. So yeah, Rangers, we could do the Flyers if we want to do a really shitty team. Um, although to be fair, it is All-Star Week. So I like all these teams, they don't play after Wednesday. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Alright, so do you want to just do no team this week then? Alright. We'll, we'll, we'll call breather. it a bye. It's a bye. Bye bye um, week, yeah. Hell yeah. So that's it's a bye week for the All-Star Week. Um We'll figure out we'll figure out what to talk about next week. Maybe we'll talk about Trevor Zegers if he does something interesting in the breakaway challenge. Um, we, can, uh, we can always hold out hope. Yeah, we'll see if any NHL players take our marvelous curling idea. If not, mm-hmm. it'll be a disappointment. But if they do, it will also be disappointment. Disappointment because they will not have credited us, presumably. So <laughs> maybe they will. You never know. On that note, maybe Trevor Seekers will be there. I'd like to thank Fusion and Hockey Podcast for inspiring me to quit hockey and become a curler. Anyway, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week with a draft and the discussions of other hockey news, uh, presumably to do at least partially with the All-Star Weekend. Do you have any final thoughts, Tysay? Nope. Uh, I've got, I'm, I'm fresh out. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Wait, did you already do the sign-off? I kind of, I kind of blanked out. Uh, I did everything except the plugs. You can All go right. ahead with those if you want. I think I will. Um, so, yeah, you can... Uh, if you're not already, don't forget to hit subscribe. Tell all your friends about the podcast. Uh, always welcoming new listeners out here. Uh, and so, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us uh, on Twitter. Our individual handles are uh, Alex's, at Alex's new handle. I'm at Tai Seifu. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. The end. Hey, you did the end. I was going to if you forgot. I just didn't.